Welcome to Australian Hiker. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 34 of the Australian Hiker Podcast. The title for this week's episode is 10 Tips to Hiking in the Rain. If you think back to when you first started hiking, whether it was just something you started recently or many years ago, probably one of the most common factors to all of us is we tended to hike in good weather and avoided bad weather or rainy weather just because the conditions weren't good enough. And in doing so, we tended or we, we, we created a self limiting process on our hikes that could often disadvantage or limit the experiences we tended to have. Now, in the um, written version of this article, I've gone through and referenced a, uh, a song from an old movie called Camelot. Uh, and in that song, the, well, there's a line, when, white, when rain wasn't allowed to fall until after sundown. Um, and this is basically describing a saccharine sweet environment with, that supposedly everyone wanted, um, uh, it, creating perfect weather uh, at all times. But in creating this perfect weather, we tended to rob ourselves of, of potential experiences. Now, these days, I do like, I do say I like a bit of variation in, the, in my hiking. I like a bit of sun, rain, fog, day or night. Uh, and this, these variations, uh, particularly over longer hikes, uh, creates a bit of interest. If we take it as a given that at some stage, we're actually going to be hiking in the rain, whether it be deliberately or by accident. So being prepared for that, uh, and making sure that we can continue our hikes and enjoy it as much as possible is is the way we want to look at things and the way we want to plan for things. So we're going to go through and look at 10 tips to improve your experience or your enjoyment in the rain. So the first one is about your attitude. Uh, you can't stop the rain but you can manage whether or not you're happy about it. Um, in 2012, when we were in Bhutan, we had quite a few days of uh, heavy rain out of the 14 that we were hiking. And, you know, that, that was uh, enough, uh, probably for us. Some of it was quite heavy. Um, but when we discovered that the previous trip or the trip that, that was run prior to ours had quite extensive rain for two weeks, torrential rain, cold weather, and uh, they even experienced a, a, a mud trail um, along the entire track, um, we, we have to feel quite lucky um, that we only got a few days, albeit a few days of, of heavy rain. One of the things, though, that happens when it's raining is that the environment around you changes. Um, the smells are different. Um, it's, it feels fresher. Um, and there's a whole bunch of life that starts to come out that you don't generally see when it's dry. 
So think about the rain as a positive thing rather than a negative thing. And that uh, is why we've put it as number one on our list. The second thing to go through and consider to improve your experience during a rainy hike is to waterproof your backpack. Now, there are a number of ways you can go through and do this. Uh, And for me, I have said in previous episodes and articles, I'm trying to become an ultralight hiker and I'm trying to minimize the weight I'm carrying. But this is probably one area where I don't try and minimize or limit uh, uh, because having dry clothing, having dry equipment, particularly at the end of the day, is one of those things I'm not willing to to give up. So on most hikes, uh, or in fact on all hikes, I'll actually have a pack liner, a waterproof pack liner, which all my gear will go into. The gear itself will go into individual bags. So I'll have a clothing bag, which is a weatherproof bag. I'll have my food, which goes into their own Ziploc bags, and that's done by days. I'll have um, my podcasting equipment, which again goes into its own little Ziploc bag. And things like compasses and knives and all the little knickknacks and bits and pieces, again, will go into their own little bag. And these bags are actually color-coded, so I can sort of recognize what's in each bag just by looking at the color. So if I'm trying to get equipment out of the bag on very dark days or at night time, I know which bag I'm looking for. One of the key things around the bags is that it, it does mean that you can locate things quickly and it keeps like things together. And um, it always amazes me when people tip out their pack and they have stuff everywhere. Um, I don't know how they manage not to lose things. I suspect they probably do. But, you know, the the, the bags and not just about the uh, the rain – and keeping everything intact, it's also about keeping everything organised. Now, apart from the pack liner, which is going inside your pack, also, depending on what the conditions are like, I'll use a pack cover. Now, pack covers aren't as efficient as pack liners. I mean, if you're bush bashing and going through very rough conditions, they can get pulled off. Um, it's almost impossible to get a total seal. You'll often get water that will run between the pack cover and your back, down your back, and can make its way into the pack that way. But it does add an additional layer of protection. And again, for me, the main reason for me carrying or using a pack cover as well as a pack liner is I've got a lot, a lot of electronics that I'm carrying due to the podcasting and blogging I'm doing on the trail. So this is just providing this extra layer of protection to the technology. So keeping your clothing, keeping your sleeping bag, keeping all your dry so at the end of the day you can get warm um, is probably one of those critical things you need to consider. Now, apart from keeping your pack dry, you want to also want to keep yourself dry as well. And that's the next thing that we're going to look at is buying good quality rain gear. Now, doesn't matter how good the rain gear is, if the rain is torrential and constant over a period of days, you are going to get wet. But you want to minimise that chance. You don't want to become soaking wet five minutes after you start your walk and continue to get wet and soggy all through the day. Um, good quality rain gear doesn't necessarily mean uh, expensive, although it can do. Um, and um, a good example of this is I currently own two pairs of rain pants. Uh, one of them, uh, which is my preferred pair, is actually uh, one of the cheaper. In fact, it is the cheaper pair by, by quite a, a substantial amount. 
But the reason I use it is it's got very good leg zips, which means my size 14 feet uh, in, a fair, in a pair of heavy boots, I can actually get them these uh, set of rain pants over the boots without having to take them off. My good quality, uh, high-grade rain pants are really comfortable and really nice, but I've got to take my boots off to actually put them on. And if it's pouring with rain, that's the last thing I want to do. Having said that, my rain jacket is a dearer jacket. I haven't gone for the my low-quality rain jacket. I use that when I walk to work if it's raining. Uh, but for hiking, I've gone a bit more upmarket. Uh, and by that, I mean um, it's seam-sealed. It's got an adjustable cusp, cuff so you can minimize water getting down your sleeves. It's got armpit zips to uh, allow uh, uh, you to breathe or your, or your jacket to breathe. Because one thing, if it's uh, if you've got this basically what amounts to a plastic shell over your equipment, you're sweating underneath your uh, your rain jacket. You tend to build up moisture, so the armpit zips will actually allow a bit of air to get in there if you're starting to get too hot. The other type of rain jacket, which is still fairly popular, but not as popular as it used to be, is the Gore-Tex type storm jackets, and I do own one of these. They're a heavy grade, heavy quality jacket. They tend to come further down the back of the legs. Uh, and in torrential rain, certainly they are a really good option. But it's the sort of thing that if I know I'm going to go on a hike and have torrential rain, I'll take it. But I'm not going to take it on the off chance that um, I may get torrential rain for long periods. I prefer to go for my lightweight jacket. Now, number four is have a peak cap or ensure that your rain jacket has a stiff peak. Um, a rain jacket with a stiff peak usually implies a heavier Gore-Tex jacket um, with a storm hood. And uh, as Tim said, while we do have uh, Gore-Tex jackets, uh, our preferences run to the lighter weight jacket combined with a peak cap. So this is just a cap, kind of baseball cap, um, that you would wear underneath your rain hood um, to keep the rain on the water from uh, running down your face. And I must admit, I mean, this is a real, um, I guess, comfort item. And my ability to walk for long periods in the rain um, is directly related to how much water I get on my face. <laughs> And so if I've got a peak cap, um, I can really minimise that to a great extent and I'll walk for much longer periods than I would normally do. I think the other thing with peak caps as well is um, you can't really use a Gore-Tex storm jacket in the middle of summer when it's when it's, it's sweltering hot, uh, but you can use the baseball cap. So it's a bit more versatility there. Number five now is uh, as footwear, and this includes socks as well as uh, the shoes or boots. My main recommendation with uh, socks is on extended trips, carry three pairs of socks. Um, I, for a number of years, worked with two pairs of socks, and it did me most of the time, but when we did get wet weather, it wasn't quite enough. And if you do have a days, day after day of wet rain, it's normally going to take probably a couple of days to actually dry one pair of socks. And if you're only, you've only got two, it means you're constantly wearing wet socks. It's also good if the weather's cold to have a dry pair of socks to put on at the end of the day uh, when you're trying to warm up uh, and sleep at night time. So three pairs of socks, definitely the way to go. And it's a little bit counterintuitive 
Um, but if you have the option of uh, a pair of dry socks and a pair of damp or, or wettish sort of socks, first thing in the morning, put on the wet socks. They're going to get wet anyway if it's continuing to rain. Um, if it doesn't, uh, they'll probably dry during the day as you're walking. Um, but it does mean that at the end of the day, you've still got your dry socks to put on. Now, the socks, there's one part of it, and then there's the footwear. And this is probably one of the biggest areas of arguments amongst hikers. Do I go for a traditional pair of heavy grade leather boots or a pair of uh, lighter weight Gore-Tex boots? Or do I go for trail runners or, uh, um, or hiking shoes? And this is really one of those personal preferences where I think people will argue themselves blue in the face about which is the only way to go. For me, I prefer a pair of trail runners, and that's what I use the majority of time. I do own a pair of very heavy grade scarper boots, which I will wear from time to time, but I only tend to wear those when I'm going to have, when I have some sort of doubt about the quality of what we're walking on and if I'm worried about rolling or twisting an ankle and I need that support. And I'll give you an example of a hike that I did last year, which was the the walk to Mount Bimbury, uh, which I did just before Christmas in 2016. Uh, And on that walk, I had to cross a number of streams and creeks. I had no choice. Uh, The water level came up uh, to my lower calves. So had I been wearing boots, the water would have run into the boots uh, and it wouldn't have kept me dry. And boots, particularly heavy-grade leather boots, aren't going to dry out very quickly. My lighter weight trail runners, um, they got wet. The shoes filled up with water. Um, but I managed to get through it quite comfortably. You know, every so often I'd take a break, take the shoes off, the socks would dry pretty quickly, back into it. And by the end of the day, once I'd finished crossing, uh, crossing my last river, I changed into my dry pair of socks uh, and I didn't even notice whether there was any moisture in the shoes at all. So if you are going to get wet and you know it, um, and you know, not just to, to your lower feet, but you know, halfway up your calves, a pair of shoes that's going to dry out is a good option and a good way to go. So number six is about choosing your goal and the trail um, that you're going to be walking. When we hiked the Overland Track uh, in Tasmania, we did it during summer and we did expect some rain, but not nearly as much rain as, as would otherwise have been the case. And that was quite deliberate. We did have rain, but it was less than we thought. Uh, but we didn't end up summiting, summiting Cradle Mountain, um, which is you know definitely the highlight of uh, any uh, overland track trip uh, because of the fog and the cloud um, and some light rain. Um, if we'd if we'd continued on up the mountain, we wouldn't have been able to see anything when we got there anyway. But also with the light rain heading up over rocks and uh, there was a bit of scrambling involved um, towards the top, um, it starts to get slippery and it starts to get a bit dangerous. So think about the goal. Um, I know that people get very, very, um, you know, maybe a little bit obsessed. I'm here and I need to do this and I came to do this, so I'm going to do it. 
um, you need to be aware of the what's happening with the weather and what's happening in the environment and make a judgment about whether or not it's safe to continue to do what you're going to do. So always have a plan B and be happy with your plan B. The other thing uh, that we found when we were hiking through La Repinta was that a, a number of people like to pitch their tents in the creek beds. So at that time of the year, um, pitching a tent in the, the creek bed and, and um, crossing through the creek beds was probably okay, uh, but a couple of weeks beforehand, the crossings were actually much uh, more, uh, well, they were wet, um, they were full of fast-running water and uh, you needed to be really careful of um, where you were stepping and in some cases find a different route. So if there are creeks, fjords, steep slippery sections or if the trail is prone to flooding, save it for a dry day if you can. Um, if you're in the middle of a long hike, plan for how you will deal with these obstacles in a safe manner. Now, foods are number seven. Uh, now, hiking during hiking in the rain, particularly if it's cold, can tend to sap your energy and make you feel miserable. Uh, and um, certainly I've taken groups of people on trips uh, overseas and done uh, activities like that. And the golden rule is if you feed people, they're happy. If they're low on food or they're starving, doesn't matter how good the trip tends to be, they tend to be unhappy. Uh, so... I, 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 I tend to treat hot meals at the end of the day as a luxury. Uh, you know, I'd love to be able to not carry the stove, uh, but I'm willing to carry the stove just to get the hot meal and a hot cup of tea or a hot chocolate at the end of the day. Um, now, you may not be doing a long hike that requires you to have a stove, but make sure you've got plenty of snacks that are edible uh, without having to be cooked and that you enjoy. You don't want to be eating food just for the sake of it because there was nothing else in the cupboard at the time and you think, oh, look, I really don't want this. Um, and the other consideration with food, particularly if you are doing longer trips, the temptation is to go through and put your stove just inside the tent or inside the vestibule and cook. Uh, and what can happen there is you can end up building up toxic fumes either from the tent itself or building up carbon monoxide within the tent, uh, and you can even end up damaging the tent. So you're best off not trying to cook inside a tent, although I know some people do do it. Shelter choice is our next uh, consideration. So if you are doing a longer hike, you need to look at what type of shelter you're going to use. So as an example, are you going to use a tent or a tarp, tarp or a hammock? And that's becoming more and more an option. Uh, it used to be tents and that was about it, or bivouacs, uh, or bivvies as they're called. Uh, but now it's the tent, the tarp, and the hammock. Get one that you're comfortable with and that's easy to set up in the rain without getting uh, wet inside. It's no good having something that gets saturated as you're trying to put it up. Now, I'll create a bit of a stir here and say I'm not a fan of tarps, and it's not because I don't believe in them, but it's mainly due to where I hike. Uh, a lot of the hikes I do through the Brindabellas, uh, we have a few varieties of funnel web spiders that actually are out and about at night time. And uh, I was talking to one of the rangers who said a group of uh, senior scouts had gone on a, a, a tarp camping trip into the Brindabellas and came back partway through the night 
because they said all these funnel web spiders were wandering all over the ground and they weren't game to actually go to sleep uh, with these things uh, out and about. Uh, down into the warmer parts of New South Wales, down in the coastal areas, or even out into the, uh, the arid areas, we've got ticks. And I've seen people uh, sleeping on ground without a tent, and one woman in particular we were travelling with ended up with five ticks uh, because she didn't have a sealed-up shelter. So um, it's a personal thing. I know a lot of people don't tend to worry about that, but for me... I'm just not happy to ha not have a screen or a bug shoulder, so I tend to go for a tent rather than a tarp. Shelter site and selection is also another consideration. It's no good having the world's best tent or the world's best hammock or tarp if you put it up in the wrong area. So when you stop for the night, don't just put your shelter up in the first spot you see, spend a bit of time. Uh, and the, the temptation is it's pouring with rain. All you want to do is get the tent up and get, get dry. Uh, and if you go through and put your shelter up in the wrong spot, it, you, you'll end up paying the price in the middle of the night. Uh, and I can remember a number of years ago hiking at, uh, or, or camping at my sister's place uh, because the all the bedrooms were full. And um, we... Uh, we put the tent close to the front door, didn't pay much attention uh, and ended up with a, a low river running through the front of the, uh, the vestibule uh, when we tried to get out because it happened to be a low point. Uh, we would have been better off putting it somewhere a, uh, a bit more out in the rain. We would have actually stayed drier. If um, you are, Jill has already mentioned this, if you're camping in areas of central Australia, so as, as, as Jill mentioned before, the Larapinta Trail, um, it's not unusual uh, in Central Australia to have what appears to be dry creek and riverbeds all of a sudden have flash flooding from uh, rainfall that might be 30 or 40 kilometres away. Um, so you want to be very careful about ch uh, choosing to, dry, uh, to sleep in dry riverbeds because they may not be dry. So if there's any remote chance of rain or it has been rain in the distance, you're best off keeping out of that area. Practice putting your shelter up uh, in dry conditions. The last thing you want to do is put a brand new shelter up uh, in pouring rain. So we talked about Mount Bimbury before. We did that um, early last year uh, as, a, as a shakedown hike to try out our new tent. Uh, we'd actually put the tent up at home a few times just to get familiar with it. We got out to our campsite, put it up, and 20 minutes later, we had three to four hours of torrential heavy rain and heavy winds. The tent stood up really well, but it was a bit of a worry. We were thinking, how good is this tent going to be? The conditions were that bad. Um, Even the white wine didn't taste good that night. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you want to make sure that if it is pouring with rain, you can now go through and put it up quickly. Um, and again, do a shakedown height. Make sure if it's been a while, you know how to put all the stuff together. Put your, your shelter in a position that's easy to get to. So for me, I um, uh, the the pegs and the poles go on the outside of the pack in one of the the side pockets. In my side pockets. My, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the actual tent itself goes in the stretchy pocket on the back of the uh, the pack itself. So I don't have to unpack the tent or the, the, pull the tent out and un open the pack uh, just to get it out. Uh, and where I can get the tent set up um, uh, with a minimal amount of fuss. If 
the rain is that bad and it looks like it's going to continue for quite a while, you may not have much choice. You're going to have to put it up in the rain. But if you think, well, it looks like it's going to clear, it might be gone in the next 15, 20 minutes, next half hour, wait and see what happens. It's certainly much easier to put it up when it's dry. Before you enter your tent for the night, uh, get yourself as dried off as you can um, and um, uh, get all the excess water off and try and work out what you need uh, so you don't have to go outside again in the middle of the night. It's no good thinking, oh, look, I should have got some water. I need to get up, get dressed in my wet weather gear again, go and get some water before you get into your tent. Now, once you're inside the tent, dry yourself off as best you can, get warm and have something to eat. That'll make you feel much better. The next morning, if it's still raining, pack yourself up as best you can inside your tent. At some point, you're going to have to go outside in the rain and start pulling your tent down. Um, and that means, um, if possible, uh, uh, during the daytime, you're going to have to deal with wet gear. Uh, and if it does become sunny at some point through the day, get the tent out, get any wet gear out, and um, and uh, get, let it dry off a bit so it's dry for the, the next evening. Okay, so number 10, our last one uh, for uh, our tips of hiking in the rain is about your clothing choice. Um, you already know that we're big on layering and layering is essential when hiking in wet weather. So before you start to do any serious wet weather hiking, work out your layering system to ensure that you are covered, uh, literally, for any conditions that you may encounter. Knowing what you need to wear will minimise the need to remove clothing in rainy conditions. Uh, we're fans of wool and down, but uh, have a look at the European hiking magazines um, because they tend to lean towards synthetic jackets, which also tend to cope better in wet conditions. And just like your shelter on longer trips, be prepared to take advantage of the warmth and the sun to dry um, any damp clothing. What's really important is that you keep a layer for wearing to bed at night. You definitely don't want to be sleeping in damp or wet clothing. Now, just as a, a final word on this sort of topic, um, really it's all about learning to embrace all types of weather. You may well be a new hiker uh, starting out or you may be an experienced hiker that's been hiking for many years. But I think if you avoid wet weather or poor weather, you're sort of robbing yourself a bit of, of some different experiences. Um, you know, rainbows are pretty amazing uh, and you only <laughs> see those when you, if you go out just after it's rained. Um, you know, getting the water coming off trees can be quite good. I like taking photos of bark, uh, which means I really need to be out and about just after it's finished raining because, because I'm, certainly I'm not going to drag a camera out in the middle of the rain. You, you tend not to get good photos anyway. Um, so um, being around and, and enjoying different experiences um, is something that you'll learn and something you'll uh, improve your skills on if you do actually hike in the rain bit by bit. And the thing is, if you're out for a day walk and it's it's raining for half an hour, you know, that's really no big deal in the scheme of things uh, in relation to the, the time that you're already out there. Um, if you're walking over a number of days, um, you might be out hiking for a week and it rains on one day, 
that's also no big deal. Um, but just imagine if you weren't there, you'd be missing out a lot. So don't let it stop you. Uh, be prepared. And the thing is, if you're out for a day walk um, and it rains for half an hour during the day, that's no big deal. Um, you've you've still been able to enjoy most of the day in relatively uh, dry conditions. Um, but just imagine if you made a decision not to do that hike um, just for the sake of half an hour. Um, if you're out hiking for a week and it rains for a day, um, you're probably not going to be able to plan that. You, you, you know, the forecast may or may not have predicted that. But just imagine if you'd made a decision about not doing that hike on the basis that it could rain. Uh, being out in the rain is not that bad. It's quite enjoyable. Um, and as long as you're prepared and as long as uh, you can you know, get organized, get dry at the end of the day and um, have some warm food and get out of wet clothes and stay in a dry bed, uh, it'll be mostly uh, quite enjoyable for you. Okay, and just a final thought on this. Um, if it really is that bad, don't persevere just for the sake <laughs> of it. You're, you're out there to enjoy yourself. If you're really not enjoying it, and sometimes you may not have an option, you might be 20 kilometers back to your car and you haven't got much of a choice. But certainly if it's just, you know, this is a one-day hike, you're out there for a particular reason and you're really not happy and enjoying yourself, call it quits. Because you're supposed to be having a good time. <laughs> okay. That's all for today's episode. We hope you've enjoyed. Our next regular episode in two weeks' time is titled Lighting on the Trail, where we're going to be looking at torches and different options of lighting to use while you're doing overnight hikes. Um, as usual, this episode is available to download through iTunes, Stitcher Radio and SoundCloud. And if you have the opportunity, please give us a rating on iTunes to help make the podcast easier to find. All right, that's all for me. Uh, bye for now. And bye from me. <laughs>